two F's that are effing great. Football and food. This is Pigskin and Burnt Ends with Patrick Netherton, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Hey everyone, what is up? We welcome you in to another edition of Pigskin and Burnt Ends with Patrick Netherton, uh, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Uh, we've had week one of college football. Very excited to get into that. We've got a great guest coming up in College Football Hall of Famer Aaron Taylor. We'll talk to him coming up in just a bit. Uh, we'll get some thoughts on LSU, Brian Kelly, Florida State game. And we'll also tell you a little bit about the 12-team playoff. Plus, because you know that this is a uh, pigskin and burnt ends podcast, we'll tell you a little bit about a trip to Montana that I took uh, this past weekend and uh, tell you a little bit about the barbecue that we found in Missoula, Montana. But I realized when I went back and listened to our Week Zero podcast, which I I did kind of throw together from Montana, by the way, I realized I didn't really introduce myself. Um, I didn't really give give you kind of a bio, what the heck I'm doing here, why am I on a podcast to start with. So I figured I'd start with that, then we'd get into some of the LSU and Brian Kelly and Florida State stuff. Uh, my name's Patrick Netherton. I am the voice of the Northwestern State Demons, a member of the FCS in college football, Division One member the rest of the way in all the other sports, Southland Conference down in Natchitoches, Louisiana, about an hour south of Shreveport. Some of you may know the Independence Bowl. We are about an hour south of, uh, of Shreveport in Natchitoches. I live in Shreveport. I'm from Shreveport. And I host a sports talk radio show in Shreveport, very cleverly known as The Patrick Netherton Show. Uh, also, some of you may know me from The Tim Brando Show. I was uh, the update anchor and a producer with Timmy B back on CBS Sports Network when our show was one of the first, really, to simulcast both radio and television and then we ultimately left CBS Sports, we're just on Sirius XM, and we're on there for a while on satellite radio. So that's kind of my background. I also am a Kansas City Barbecue Society certified judge for barbecue, and uh, I've had a passion for barbecue for, gosh, I guess going on now about 10, 12, 15 years. So uh, that's one of my passions when I travel. I love to eat barbecue. I just love food in general. I am a big foodie. Uh, I believe that even if you don't win a game, you should always win the road trip. And so no matter where we go, no matter what road trip we're on, we are always going to make sure that we win the road trip. And so this past week was a trip to Montana as uh, Northwestern State opened their season against the number two uh, ranked Montana Grizzlies out of the FCS ranks up in Missoula, Montana. We'll tell you a little bit about that coming up in uh, here in just a moment, but uh, we want to get to the LSU stuff first. Obviously, we are uh, an LSU Deep South, but also uh, kind of a nationwide podcast uh, with the, the Tim Brando Rolodex that I got from my time with Timmy B. We have a lot of great guests like Aaron Taylor coming up from CBS Sports. Uh, so we like to mine that uh, that if we can, we want to make sure that those folks give them a chance to uh, to get on and let you hear from uh, some of the biggest names in college athletics. I believe next week we will actually chat with the aforementioned Timmy B. That's the plan, and uh, get him on here to to get his thoughts from Fox Sports. So uh, LSU against Florida State. It was obviously a very close game. Good game. It was a, a nice one to have as the standalone on Sunday night. 
that also helped me because I get to watch it, got to actually watch it live as opposed to having to, to wait and watch it back uh, because we got home from Montana about three o'clock Sunday morning. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to run through the positives and negatives of what I saw but with LSU Florida State. Uh, one game, just very want to be very cautious with this. This is one game. All right, no overreactions here. That's not who I am. I am not a guy that's going to overreact to something you see one time, one game. If this is if these things start happening game in and game out, then I think you can start to worry. But just on a uh, one game basis, these are some of the things I saw. Look, this is none of this is going to be revolutionary. None of it is going to be stuff that uh, that that you probably don't already know and you didn't see from the Florida State game. But it's just some things that I noted, some negatives, some positives, and kind of where LSU may be as they move on uh, through the rest of the season. We'll also talk about the 12-team playoff briefly. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the barbecue we had in Missoula, Montana. But I do want to remind you with the college football season now underway, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. Did you know that BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely? Well, we want you to go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have on with our shows from College Gridiron Coast to Coast. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST and then 2-2, right? COAST22. Put $100 in, get an additional $125 to play with. $200 goes in. 250 extra bucks for you to play with, and so on. And BetUS has all the NFL, the MLB postseason, NBA coming up soon, as well as almost any sport that you can think of or wager on. But we know you're college football fans because you're here. We want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com. Remember, our 125% match bonus for initial sign-up is the code Coast 22, Coast with two and two behind it. Bet US, you bet, you win, you get paid. All right, let's talk about LSU and Florida State. Uh, just going to kind of go a positive negative list here a little bit, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit deeper as we uh, progress. Again, one game, first blush, let's not overreact to everything. Uh, the major positives for LSU, they played poorly, but they still had a chance to win. The first half was not good. You heard Brian Kelly talk about how atrocious it was coming off the field, and he was right. Offensive line didn't block. Uh, really, all they had offensively was Jaden Daniels escaping the pocket and running a little bit. But with all of that being said, they were still right there with an opportunity to win the game at the end. Special teams, horrific. We know that. Uh, that was a huge negative, which we'll get into in just a bit. But uh, they overcame all of that. A 99-yard touchdown drive uh, as time expired, basically, to find themselves offensively, better pace offensively in the second half. So all of that being said, with all the negatives that were out there, LSU in the end had the chance to get the job done. Ultimately, the special teams let them down, a block field goal, and then of course that block extra point. Negative, special teams play, 
two muffed punts. You can't have that in a game of that magnitude against the team. Look, Florida State's not a not a top 10, top 5 type team, but Mike Norvell has them going in the right direction. They're a team that is, is I would say they're kind of where Brian Kelly probably wants to be in a year or two. Right where they're they're kind of on the come. You see them starting to get better. They're starting to win the close games that they couldn't win early in Norvell's uh, career. So I think that is uh, that's a good opponent, a good defensive line, all of that stuff. Uh, but the negatives, obviously, special teams as we just talked about. O line play, the O line was not good. Running backs could not find holes, could not get anything going. None of the running backs. We're, uh, we're getting anything done. Jaden Daniels, we mentioned positive. His feet ran for over 100 yards. Terrific day. However, his throwing abilities, while he's got a big arm, uh, whether it was uh, happy feet because the O-line was not giving him a lot of time to throw or he was seeing ghosts, hearing, you know, f- hearing footsteps, whatever the case, whatever cliche you want, uh, Jaden Daniels was basically one read and flee, right? He was getting back there. If his first guy was covered, he was taking off. And you could see uh, oftentimes during the course of the game, during replays, if you were looking down the field, there were times when Jaden Daniels had a clean pocket. He could have stood in there, and he had guys running open, but he was kind of skittish, and he would pull the ball down and run. And by and large, he would get nice gains out of it, but he missed some potential big plays uh, because he was kind of seeing those ghosts, the offensive line, uh, really struggling to protect him at times. Uh, the, the defense, which played by and large pretty well, you know, 24 points, that's, that's not bad in today's college football. Uh, too many third downs allowed. 11 of 17 on third down. Seemed like every time Florida State needed a first down, there was someone open in the middle of the field. That was a big issue for, for that LSU team. Too many guys open in the middle of the field, whether that was linebackers vacating, safeties not coming down, whatever the case may be. A lot of guys open right over the middle in that sort of short to intermediate range uh, that allowed Florida State to convert some of uh, those third down conversions. Uh, a lot of talk about the, the fit of Brian Kelly at LSU. Look, it is way too soon for all of that. This is, it's, we're not there yet. I promise we'll get there. We are not there yet. Uh, as of right now, uh, he's one game in. He's 0-1. It was still a close loss, even though the team didn't play well. Way too soon for any of that kind of talk. Let's be honest, LSU uh, fans wouldn't really care who was their head coach. Whether the guy was from uh, Canada, uh, Louisiana, you know, they had the greatest fit in terms of culture that you could possibly have in Ed Ogeron. And they chased him out of there uh, because he had uh, a couple of seasons in a row back-to-back that weren't the best. So not, uh, not at all uh, worried about that at this point. Uh, so LSU moving forward, they've got Southern this weekend. Shouldn't be a problem with the Jags. Uh, look to the, for them to kind of get some things untracked a little bit. Kayshawn Booty, imagine he'll probably get some, you know, six, seven, eight targets quickly. Try to kind of get back, get him back in the flow of things. LSU will be fine after that. Now the question is, what do you do when you start to get into the meat of your schedule uh, thereafter? Hey, we also need to talk about the 12-team playoff that is out there. Aaron Taylor, who's coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we got into some of the 12-team playoff stuff, so stay tuned. 
tuned for that, get his uh, thoughts, the thoughts of a, an, an All-American and a CBS national broadcaster. Uh, just quick blush. I love it. I never thought college football would get to a 12-team playoff. I just never, ever believed that the powers that be would get past eight. And I was worried they wouldn't even get to eight. I was worried they'd go to six and try to do a couple of buys. Uh, and I just I was concerned they would never get to eight. What happened, though, was the presidents kind of took over and basically crafted this plan that benefits the SEC and the Big Ten greatly. The, the plan of having six uh, automatic qualifiers and six at-large teams really benefits the SEC. This is a squad. This is a conference that'll probably get three, maybe even some years four teams into the playoff, depending on how the uh, how the the season progresses. But it also helps the other guys. Right now, the Pac-12 won't be shut out seemingly every year. The Big 12 won't be shut out seemingly every other year. Uh, when Oklahoma is not qualifying for it. So that's going to be a boon for all of the Power Five conferences. When you get six automatic qualifiers, it's going to be a boon for the Big Ten and the SEC, especially with the six uh, the six ones that you get to choose at large, because that means you've got six schools, uh, potentially two or three of them maybe, that will be coming out of the SEC. That is a big win for Greg Sankey and that conference. All right, before we get to Aaron Taylor, uh, just one little anecdote. Uh, Northwestern State on the road at Montana uh, this past weekend. Missoula, Montana, beautiful part of the country. If you've never been to Montana, highly recommend you get up there and, and enjoy it. And if you've never seen a game at Washington Grizzly Stadium, you're missing out. Uh, Twenty Holds 25,000. They're loud. They're into it. One of the best atmospheres, not just in the FCS, one of the best atmospheres in college football. Uh, yeah, it's not Ohio State, it's not LSU, it's not Texas A&M, uh, but for the lower FBS level, for the group of five type teams, none of them are going to have anything better than what Missoula, Montana has and the Montana Grizzlies. But got to go uh, try a little barbecue while I was in Missoula. Took the crew with us. Like we said, we always try to win the road trip, even if we don't win the game. And I got to try at a place called the Notorious P.I.G., the Notorious Pig, uh, Notorious P.I.G. Uh, brisket, which you would expect, you know, Texas brisket is different. No one else really does brisket like Texas does brisket. Brisket was okay, not great. Sliced too thin, uh, more like roast beef. That's that's very common when you get outside the state of Texas. Granted, I'm from Louisiana, but I'm only 15 miles from the Texas border. So I get over to Texas and, and get barbecue over there all the time. So, uh, yeah, like brisket was fine. Uh, they had burn ends, which had an interesting uh, kind of spiciness to them that I really enjoyed. I thought the ribs were very good. Uh, a little bit more of a wet rub on those and sauced really heavily, but enjoyed them. They were very sticky, really good. Uh, had a great time with the ribs. Uh, they had a mac and cheese that was delicious. Their beans were delicious. So uh, all in all, I got to give them credit. Uh, you know, the brisket's not there, but I don't expect to go outside of Texas and get great brisket. But the ribs were fantastic. Uh, the burn-ins were good, and uh, the sides were really good. So the only the only issue I had was they didn't have diet coke, and I'm a diet coke guy, uh, so they had diet Pepsi. So I, you know, we had to we had to live with that. 
But all in all, a terrific trip up to Montana. Good barbecue up there. I'm um, looking forward to keeping you appraised of all of the uh, barbecue adventures that we go on. I mean, after all, this is the Pigskin and Burnt Ends podcast, so you would expect some college football to go along with uh, with that barbecue talk as well, and then some some general food stuff as we go along as well. We we have some road trips where we don't necessarily eat barbecue, but uh, we will eat some good food nevertheless. All right. Uh, coming up on the Pigskin and Burn Ends podcast, we got a chance to chat with uh, one of our favorite guys in all of college football, and really just one of our favorite guys in general, Aaron Taylor, the offensive former offensive lineman at Notre Dame, who has uh, just gone into the College Football Hall of Fame. He is a broadcaster for CBS. You can see his work all over the place, CBS Sports Network. He's actually on Big CBS this weekend. Saturday afternoon game, 2.30 Central Time with Colorado at Air Force. So we caught up with Aaron in uh, Colorado as he was getting ready to do all of uh, his prep work and everything, get his interviews done, getting ready for that uh, that Colorado and Air Force game. Always good to chat with him. Look, we're going to talk barbecue right off the top. He, he Look, I have a strong brand. He knows it. He loves it. So we're going to talk barbecue right off the top, and then we're going to end the conversation amazingly talking about Rocky Mountain oysters. So trust me, you do not want to miss this conversation with Aaron Taylor, the College Football Hall of Famer and CBS Sports Broadcaster. And how about this, Rogers? You might be listening to this interview on the old uh, Pigskin and Burn Ends podcast that uh, comes out every Friday on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. So uh, if you're listening there, you're listening on the old radio show, however you're getting our uh, wonderful interview with Aaron, uh, we hope everyone will enjoy it. I know I will. It's always great to catch up with the, uh, the College Football Hall of Famer, the old Golden Domer. CBS Sports, who uh, is going to be on the, the, big, the big network, the big boy network this, uh, this weekend, Colorado at Air Force. He is Aaron Taylor. A.T., what is up, my friend? What's going on, man? Uh, you I, know. Uh, I'm just doing my standard Thursday ironing, doing college football interviews with one of my favorite people. So, uh, who is that? Is that after this interview? or? <laughs> well, I, I did want to say this. I, I did hear the promo right as we were coming out of commercial. Mm-hmm. And it said that you floated through something? Yeah, yeah float- never floated through anything no. in your life. Hey, no, no, I'm, I'm like Scooby-Doo when he used to smell the, the Scooby snacks. When I smell uh-huh. barbecue, I like levitate and start floating towards the barbecue. Uh, well, that's an I, old Scooby-Doo reference. I, I do have to compliment you because you have done a really nice job of branding yourself. And, and case in point is yesterday, I was in Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. and I stopped by someplace called Rob's Barbecue. It's actually pretty decent. Okay. And I got burnt in, Yeah. I swear on my children's lives, I thought of Patrick Nevers. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Uh, that's Look, I, I, I tell everyone I, I have a brand. I mean, I went to Montana and had barbecue, for goodness sakes, which uh, is a story that I've told on the radio show. And uh, if the folks on the podcast just heard it. I, uh, m- I mentioned that going into, going into this interview. Uh, that's why we call the podcast Pigskin and Burn Ends, brother, because it's, it's, uh, it's, that's what I love. I love a little college football and I love a little barbecue. What's, what's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. Let me throw this by you, though, since we're going down the food road. You okay. know I've been an avid hunter over the years. Sure. kind of had to change that out for fishing because football is a fall sport and yeah. still hunting. However, one of the things that I really like that would take some of the gaminess out of the, the meat that I would harvest 
is a like a blueberry reduction, and sometimes you could throw rosemary in there. Have you ever had any sort of blueberry sauce with barbecue? Now, I know you're a barbecue purist. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 sir. Uh, a place that you know well, that you've been to multiple times to call games, Ruston, Louisiana. Mm. There is a, uh, a guy named Andrew Kasky who has a food truck there called Bad Wolf Barbecue, which I think personally... Uh, right now is the best barbecue in the state of Louisiana. Uh, uh, shout Ooh. out to Andrew and, and Bad Wolf. And he does a pork belly burnt in with a blueberry gastrique on it. I'm telling you, man. That, it shocked me how good it was. Mm. And then I started making it. And uh, I don't pull it out all the time. But if I do want to get fancy and, and get out the uh, the cloth napkins, I'll bust that sauce out and it kills. Every well, it. it's interesting because the first time I ate it, like I, you know, I'm not scared. I'm gonna try it, and I'm and I'm like, hey, well, let me let me try it. So the first time I, I ate it, the first bite, I'm kind of going, man, this is too sweet. Like it's it's the the blueberry gastric, it's too much, it's overpowering. But then the pork comes in at the end. You're like, oh no, that's perfect. That's absolutely yeah. perfect. Like that sweet. I'm not used to sweet being the the at the front of the flavor profile. It's usually in the back, like on ribs and such. Uh, but having the sweet hit you up front, you're like, oh no, this is too much. And then as that dies down and the pork flavor comes through, it's a perfect balance. It's absolutely spectacular. Well, it does have its limitations because one year I went up to Winnipeg and, and during bow season and harvest a nice black bear, and there was nothing that could help that meat. That was by far the gamiest, oiliest, chewiest, anything I'd ever put into my mouth. Yeah. And uh, that was the limitation. I thought that the blueberry compote or whatever the fancy name for it is would do the trick, but uh, not for brown bear or black bear. Well, I can tell you also it has another limitation. I tried it the last time I, w I had a woman over, and she just turned and left. So, Oh, back in the 70s? No, no, yeah, yeah. No, I, come on. I, I was born in 77. That's just weird. <laughs> like, at least give me the 90s, for goodness sakes. Okay, like, I'm not, okay, I'm not okay. that old. Uh, no, I, you know, I smeared a little, uh, a little blueberry uh, gastrique on me, and she was like, nope, I'm gone. And uh, thank you, never heard from her again. So that's... <laughs> Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, look, I'm just helping you try to get fit in your suit for the for the, the game coming up on Saturday. Hey, look, uh, this is obviously a lot of folks are uh, are kind of interested in in a Notre Dame perspective of Brian Kelly and and what we should expect. Uh, one game in, and of course, some people are just flying off the handle. Oh, you know, what, look what a hundred million gets you. Uh, you know, they need to go ahead and fire this guy. Whatever. Uh, a lot of people are are in the hey, it's one game. Uh, he's rebuilding all of that stuff. Give us some indication as a former Golden Domer yourself. Uh, you know, what what should LSU fans expect long term from a Brian Kelly coaching staff? Well, he's a national championship caliber coach. He did it on the D2 level. He got Notre Dame to the championship game. Now, we all know we got boat race there, and he had also gotten back to the college football playoff in 2017 where I think the lack of depth really showed up in Clemson. Our starting corner goes down to the Irish, and boom, 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 they score three touchdowns and adjust to that pretty dang well. And I think that's really why DK ended up leaving Notre Dame, that mm -hmm. there was a glass ceiling, he felt, in terms of, being able to recruit the types of players to compete 
Notre Dame's got a starting 22 that can go out on the field and play with anybody. We saw that this past weekend against Ohio State. But what separates Georgia, what separates Alabama, what separates Ohio State is elite talent with depth across the board. Mm-hmm. So that you can't shut down one part of the, the team on offense, and you've got problems with fresh legs and extremely talented creatures on defense. Notre Dame wasn't there, but let's be honest. The last three head coaches at LSU won the national championship. Brian Kelly's resume is quite a bit better than those other two, save his ability to win a national championship. I think it was a smart move for him to go there. I think he'll eventually be successful, but but I'm not lying. It shocked me how much it's fumbled out of the gate with the messaging from a dude that could be standing over a body with a knife in his hand and could talk his way out of it. He's just it's not gone well early on. Right. So now he's going to have to recover from that. But if anybody can do it, BK can. And I think of all the hires that we saw last year, he's most likely to win a national championship. Well, and that's been my big question, Aaron, is we know he's a good coach. We know he can get you 9, 10, 11, 12 wins a season. That's the the, the missing part that I'm curious about. And, and look, we know, and you mentioned the – you know, he, he's working with uh, kind of one hand tied behind his back in order to get enough players in at Notre Dame. Do you feel like this is a guy that when he has all the players in that he wants, can he make that next jump between really good, get you to the playoff to now win a national championship? I think so. Um, they called him Big Game Brian for a while uh, because. You know, Notre Dame didn't fare very well on the national stage in big games, but we just went over what some of those reasons were. I, I think Brian is a guy whose track record speaks for itself. He's the all-time winningest coach at Notre Dame, and and you consider who else is coached there. That's pretty dang impressive. Mm-hmm. He's been one of the most consistently winning programs that we've seen in quite some time. Save the four win season back in 2016 when he turned around and got some double-digit wins, I believe, the very next year. There haven't been very many missteps. So, again, that's what's been surprising me to this start with LSU. But it's different down there below the Mason-Dixon line. And, and he's an East Coast guy and was in the Midwest, so he's in new territory. And let's be honest, there's a different level of expectation. The tagline for the Southeastern Conference is it just means more, and I think BK's found that out pretty quickly. Yeah, and it's interesting, right, because culturally you go from the most cultural fit appropriate from Ed Ogeron to Brian Kelly, who brings with him the credentials on the field, but is a completely different guy off the field. Do you uh, do you at all uh, feel any concern that that the culture fit will be there eventually? Or is it, hey, you go out and and win 10, 11, 12 games and and get get you a title. No one cares where you're from. Well, I think what you got to realize, Pastor, family. Is the LSU family <laughs> is really welcoming to everybody. Mm. The hospitality down there is so dang good. Um, I, I, winning fixes everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Cultural fit does matter, but we see people that win all the time that don't fit the, the quote-unquote culture. So uh, that's out the window as far as I'm concerned. Now, it certainly helps in the community. It certainly helps with the boosters. It certainly helps if you're from that area, and that's really, I think, what was the calling card for Ed Ogeron. They flip and love that guy. Oh, yeah. He was one of them. So it, it, 
that that's a real asset. So he's got to coach around that a little bit and endear himself. He decided to live close to campus on purpose so that he would always be around. So he's wanting to make himself available. It was a tough loss, but let's be honest, as bad as they played, they mm-hmm. still had a chance to win that game in the end. Now, you're, you're not real happy with the special teams and the way that they ended up losing that game, but there was fight. And I think if I'm a fan watching, there's no way that that team comes back and isn't even in that position to make that mistake if they hadn't bought in. Yeah. So with all of the turnover and everything that's gone on, we, we're going to see teams start to turn on a dime. The transfer portal is a difference maker. Yeah. We are in professional football. There's free agency. They've, they've eliminated the initial counter rule, which means you could sign 85 scholarships in one year if you wanted, as long as you stay underneath that threshold. So we're going to see guys getting cut and run off to a degree we've never seen, but everybody's doing that already. And at a place like LSU that has the resources, the history, and the natural recruiting talent from that area, LSU could be right back in this thing in nine months. Aaron Taylor, the College Football Hall of Famer, Notre Dame uh, offensive lineman. He's on CBS. He'll be doing the uh, he's on he's on the big game this week, Colorado at Air Force, which will be at two thirty in uh, Central Time in the exclusive uh, CBS window. So uh, catch him there. All right, let's let's back out and look. Let's look uh, kind of around college football as a whole. Uh, one of the things I'm very excited about, and I, a step I never thought I would see in college football, uh, the powers that be have come out and said we're going to a 12-team playoff. Uh, again, never thought I would see them go 12. I thought at most it might be 8 and maybe 10. Uh, but we're going 12, and I, for one, couldn't be more excited. I just love the idea of more games meaning something down the stretch of the season. Uh, give me your opinion on 12. Is it too many? Is it just right? Uh, six automatic qualifiers, six at larges? Where do, you, where do you feel like the future of college football is headed with this? Well, it's headed to be a financial bonanza, and we're going to end up where the NFL is. And I know people don't want to hear that, but that's what happened. And the first domino that fell there was the Big Ten holding out and having multiple networks, terrestrial ground networks, Mm -hmm. to be at the table and bid. Because when the choice is all or nothing, or you can overpay for a sliver, what the NFL's taught us is that everybody will overpay for a sliver just because they got a piece of that sliver. So part of what I've heard from my sources, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not anybody that's keeping my ear to the ground and kicking trees, but it has been speculated that part of the reason that the Alliance kind of pushed back on the 12-team playoff is because the Big Ten, Kevin Warren specifically, wanted to get their deal negotiated first to set that precedent. So then now as we go into the, the negotiation of the college football playoff. The goal initially, as I heard it, was to let it play itself all the way out so that it got scrapped completely and was a completely blank piece of paper. But here's what's interesting. We've seen the destabilization of college football before. It's what's created this two-tier system where the middle class is getting eradicated. You're the have or the have-nots, and that's about to exponentially increase because of all this money and capital and the rules, kind of that perfect storm of confluence and opportunity. So the president are the powers that be. They stepped in in a big way. And the thing that's not being talked about, Patrick, Mm -hmm. is that that essentially stabilizes the consolidation and the expansion of these conferences and these big boys and these blue bloods 
all jetting away from each other. Right. So you take a look at USC and UCLA that leads the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12, obviously, to the SEC. They were panicked that it was going to become a two-conference system where basically at the end of the year you'd have like the NCAA tournament and the NIT tournament right. but in football terms, and they didn't want that. So the presidents, who aren't nearly as drunk off of the uh, revenue of the athletic enterprise, finally showed up, entered the room, gave their voice. They're the ones that made the decisions, and then they looked at the commission and said, you guys figure out how to do it. It was a power move. The fact that it was released on a Friday of a holiday weekend mm-hmm. tells you all you needed to know about them trying to bury the story. This is the biggest news that's hit college football since what we saw with the four schools leaving and conference expansion. So it's, man, my brain is exploding <laughs> with how much change we've seen in the last 18 months yeah. of this sport. It will be almost unrecognizable 10 years from now compared to what it is we're seeing today. Does this put extra pressure on your alma mater to get in a conference finally? No, I think to or a certain is it the degree, opposite? It, it, it's the opposite. They were in a good position before, and as long as they have a good relationship with the television partner, access to the national championship with six at-large, as you most certainly have now, and Jack Swarbrick was in the room designing that thing, along with three other commissioners, and you have a place, a home for your Olympic sports, those were the three criteria for maintaining Notre Dame's independence. They're probably the only school in the nation that could get away with that. The SEC or Big Ten or any other conference would take them in a heartbeat, but their rights are tied up with the ACC as well for the next 14 years. So unless the ACC gets blown apart, Notre Dame is going to stay exactly where it is, and that's the significance, again, of this release of the college football playoff going to 12 teams, why that was so significant, because it stabilizes everything. And let's be honest, a little stability in this sport's good because I think people are so coked up and high and happy and excited about all this money they're making. Nobody's looking at the whole picture, and the president's finally took a step towards that direction. Somebody's been watching the uh, the video feed on Facebook Live if they know that I'm coked up and high in here in the, uh, <laughs> in the studio. Uh <laughs> Aaron, last thing. Uh, obviously, we know uh, conference realignment's not done yet. Um, do you believe that when it's all when it's all done and the dust finally s- settles and we really do get some stability, will th- will we still have a Power Five? Will the the ACC and the the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve uh, all survive this onslaught from the Big Ten and the SEC? Well, th- this was like an epipen to the Pac Twelve because they were in trouble. And it's really been really interesting how they've been the winners of decisions and the losers, and the winners and the losers. And the Big 12 is now saying we're trying to expedite the negotiation of our rights because they don't want to be behind the Pac-12s who come up in the next two years. So I think with the stabilization of the six at large verse plus having the highest ranked six conference champions come to the table, that's about as sweetheart of a deal as you could for the old school Blue Bloods and that bodes well for the Pac-12. But if we're talking about things like the Rose Bowl and some of these iconic properties and enterprises that have been around since day one, a lot of that stuff's going to have to collapse and disappear because there's a lot of inventory with the NFL playoffs and dates that are getting gobbled up that's going to make this 12-team playoff and what's going to take place there, especially with home stadiums and whether or not you can accommodate everything that needs to go on with that. It's going to be a mess trying to sort this out. So the 
the the onus is really upon the commissioners to kind of try to sort that out. But the Pac-12 is in a much better position now than they were before the college football playoff announcement last Friday. So, yes, I believe the Power Five has a chance to stay intact. The Big 12 is going to try to recruit some of those West Coast players to strengthen their hands. Mm -hmm. So that's the real battle to watch. Who's Uh, going to win the tug-of-war between the Pac-12 and the Big 12? uh, That's why he's Aaron Taylor. Also, just not for nothing, A.T., but I think the conference championship games are are gone. Uh, I I think it does nothing but hurt the chances of – you know, potentially that that lesser conference champion team. Hey, with with a loss, they may be knocked out of the at large uh, pool. With a win, you know, maybe they get in. But I think the conference championship games get get killed at, by this personally. Now it may not well, happen, but that's what I think. Yeah, and, and you may be right. They're going to try to preserve that though, because that's one of the things that's been challenging for Notre Dame. It, it's national championship or nothing. You can have ten wins, go ten and two. But if you can't hang a banner, it's kind of like, and you're playing in a bowl game that players are now not playing in. So there's got to be something. So I think they'll try to preserve it. But again, that's another one of the things because Notre Dame not being one of the top six and it could never be a top four conference champion to get that first week by, they don't play in a conference championship game. So every year they're going to have a bye no matter what that they would be in the college football playoff. And that's why Jack Swarbrick's uh, doing the Irish jig because his deal was amazing for yeah. Irish fans. Hey, uh, AT, I've kept you too long. You're the absolute best, brother. Uh, by the way, I know you're in, in the Denver area. Uh, hit Roaming Buffalo Barbecue if you get a chance to. Uh, 11 a.m. They open tomorrow, uh, Friday. Go get Roaming Buffalo if you can. It was the best barbecue I had when I was in Denver. It's, it's quality. Oh, man, I'll have to try that. But uh, I thought you were a Rocky Mountain Oyster fan. You always brag about that. Oh, no. On, I, uh, your Reddit feed. No, no. I, sorry, that was that was just uh, that was pictures of my Rocky Mountain Oysters. That's a totally, <laughs> oh my God. That's a totally different don't, thing. Don't do that. We could never unsee it. Pat. That's true. <laughs> that's true. AT, you're the best, my friend. Have a great call this weekend. Colorado and Air Force, 2.30 Central Time on Big CBS. Brother, enjoy uh, the weekend, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Love you, buddy. Take care. All right. Aaron Taylor, CBS Sports, college football Hall of Famer, former Notre Dame offensive lineman. Just the best. He's just the best. He's the best. God, I love him. See, I told you you didn't want to miss Aaron Taylor. I mean, what a a Rocky Mountain oyster uh, drop at the very end. Amazing. Amazing stuff. And great, uh, just great content, great uh, conversation, and, and some terrific insight from Aaron Taylor on uh, the 12-team playoff, on the conference expansion, perhaps conference realignment. Uh, you know, I never really thought about the idea that this 12-team playoff would actually sort of secure the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the ACC, right? The Big 10 and the SEC are set. We know they're not going anywhere. The Big 10 just re- uh, renegotiating their deal. So, uh, was was a little. I never really considered the idea that hey, this twelve team playoff really solidifies the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve, and the ACC. They're not going anywhere. They'll have a spot at the table, and no matter what realignment brings, uh, we should have some stability in the in the Power Five, and that's something that we haven't really had a lot of. So 
Uh, big thanks to Aaron Taylor for taking, taking some time out to join us. Uh, we welcome you back to Pigskin and Burnt Ends podcast here. I'm Patrick Netherton. And uh, man, just so happy that you've decided to tune in. Uh, don't forget all of our great work along the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network. Uh, if you're looking for uh, ACC talk, if you're looking for uh, Notre Dame talk, you're looking for West Coast talk, ever, there's something for everyone uh, on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network. So please be sure to check out all of our terrific shows. And, uh, you know, mine as well, obviously love you, love you being with us, but there's a lot of great content out there that we're putting out. So whatever your, uh, special niche is, whatever your area of the world of college football, you're looking to uh, talk about, I guarantee you, we have someone covering it, uh, right here at college gridiron coast to coast. Hey, college football fans, we know that with the season cranked back up, you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. And we want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust. And Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner as well. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts here on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Take 5% off of your purchase of $100 or more with the promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON and then the number two twice, GRIDIRON22, for 5% off your order of $100 or more. That code isn't just for one-time use. Use that code as many times as you want this season for the best selection of college football seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with Ticket Smarter. And remember our code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON with the, the number two twice after it, GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. All right, that's going to do it for the uh, the Pigskin and Burn Ends podcast for this week. Big thanks to Aaron Taylor for joining us. Look, I, I talked about this in last week's podcast, and I mean it. When you go to experience college football, take in the whole thing. Uh, go to the tailgate. Even if you're in the visiting team, I promise you, most of the people that are out there uh, that will welcome in visitors to their tailgate. You know, especially places like LSU, they love to have visitors come in. They want you to try some of the great stuff that they've got. And that is almost universal in college football. So even if you're the visiting team, go make some new friends, go talk to some folks, try out some new foods that you've never had before. Always win the road trip. All right, you may not win the game, but you can always win the road trip. And that's what we believe in right here on the Pigskin and Burn Ends podcast. Next week, should have Tim Brando of Fox Sports joining us. That's the plan anyway. So we'll hope you'll tune in for that. Big thanks for listening. Big thanks to Aaron Taylor from CBS Sports for joining us. And we hope you'll go out and win your road trips every single week. And make sure you come back and tune in to the Pigskin and Burn Ends podcast. <laughs>